You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys, and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geeks Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. Welcome to another shift on the Geeks Watch. We are here this week talking about two episodes of The Mandalorian, because we missed last week's episode, (gasps) and the big episode of uh, Watchmen, John really loved it. Yeah, he's shaking his head. It's really great for a podcast. <laughs> I, 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 I feel like like John, like I hurt John earlier when I made a joke, and I, I want you to still bring up all of the things that connect to stuff. I was about to Genuinely. leave actually. Yeah, no, you were you were brokenhearted, <laughs> and I want to make sure you know that I had to I had to make my my joke pun. <laughs> but I want to hear all of the parts that connect to stuff. Just get it out of your system early. <laughs> well, there you go. We have John, Stephen, Jessica, and Elizabeth here all to talk about these three episodes and what we watched this week. So let's get right into it. John, what did you watch on your week's watch? I watched a new show on Netflix called The Movies That Made Us. It Ooh. looks like it's an offshoot of The Toys That Made Us, which I really like. And this season has four episodes so far. It's uh, Die Hard, Ghostbusters, Dirty Dancing, and Home Alone. The Home Alone one was really good. Ooh. Yeah, and they have a lot of really interesting information. They don't get everybody involved with the movies, like the big names, like uh, you know Bruce Willis or Macaulay Culkin, but they have a lot of conversations with the director, a lot of the behind-the-scenes people, casting people, extras, and other lesser characters like Daniel Stern in the case of uh, uh, Home Alone. Home Alone. Uh, uh, he's a pretty big character in the, yeah, in the movie. Uh, which apparently he wasn't uh, going to be in it for most of the movie. One of the things I really learned a lot from watching this is that movies are a very volatile business. <laughs> and you never know really how something's going to turn out or if they're even going to be able to finish it just from the looks of these four movies. That uh, Yeah, it's really interesting. I don't want to give too much away. There's a lot of really interesting info, even for a guy like me that loves delving into that shit just on his own for fun. I learned a lot of new things about all of these movies that are just going to stay in there now in my head. Well, you know, up until like what the last couple of years when Disney just started making all the billion dollar movies that they had, they had come out. Um, Home Alone was like in the top, what, five movies, highest grossing movies of all time. Yeah. Like it, it, for the longest time, like that movie just did gangbusters and they talk about that how like this the crew that was comprised to make this movie didn't have any success behind them they did a bunch of movies that flopped yeah chris columbus didn't have anything yeah like there was i think that was like his second directorial job but but it was a it wasn't it um john hughes wrote yeah john hughes yeah yeah. i mean he had 
somewhat hits with all those other movies that he wrote. He did, but like he was kind of unproven. They had a bunch of lesser people doing like editing and camera work and stuff. Mm. But because they nobody was really keeping an eye on them, they just got to make the movie however they wanted. The best tidbit of that was that it originally started as a Warner Brothers movie. Oh. And partway through production, Warner Brothers got cold feet and they're like, yeah, we're shutting this down. But the director and somebody else had already had some secret conversations, which they kind of admit this was sort of illegal, um, where they were already in negotiations with Fox, I think, 20th Century Fox at the time, to because uh, he Chris Columbus basically pitched it to a producer, and he was like, that sounds great. And he said, yeah, but we're about to get shut down. And I was like, well, if you do get shut down, call me. And essentially, they said that from one day to the next, they just changed the uh, the name on the payroll from... <laughs> Warner Brothers to Fox, but everything just kept going because they knew that they would have a parachute, at least for that part of it. Must be the reason why Warner Brothers brought Chris Columbus back for the first two Harry Potter movies. Yeah. Yeah. Which arguably I think are the weakest of the Really? I love movies. Chamber of Secrets. Uh, I don't know. I don't like Chris Columbus's style. Chris Columbus is not a good director, I don't think. I think hmm. he just lucked out in that particular circumstance. He was he had a lot of support from like his other staff. Okay. Daniel Stearns also directs a lot now. I can't name anything he's done. I think it's a lot of TV. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. The the movies that made us is on Netflix, so it's definitely it's something to check out. The Ghostbuster episode pretty good? Oh, yeah. That yeah. was my favorite one. Yeah. Uh, Steven? So, uh, this this week's week's watch for me uh, is uh, actually a week's read i guess okay um there's a new comic series huh you watched it with your eyes i did that's a good one my people's braille actually um but uh i um this this week there was a release of a new comic called 20xx that i was kind of on the fence on about whether or not i was really gonna like it dive in by the by the first issue and everything um but i ended up going for it um and honestly i really liked it there were a couple things I didn't like about the art, but the main thrust of the series is that in um, some time in the future, 20XX, woo-hoo. Right. Because we, we don't want to put in like an actual year anymore because yeah. <laughs> you get to that year and people are like, well, where's my thing? Yeah, where's my hoverboard? Where's my flying car? <laughs> um, but uh, the, the whole thing starts off with this character. Um, you're thrown right into this like living world for the thing. Uh, and it never really slows down in the beginning, but essentially at some point humanity, um, we like dug through things, uh, through different pollution and stuff like that. Uh, we melted the, like this permafrost layer. And, um, from that there was this, um, like virus of some sort that was released. Mm-hmm. And, um, the, like everyone's going around wearing like ventilators and different stuff like that to breathe in general. And also to try to avoid this virus thing that's out there. Um, it kills 99% of the people who get it. Um, but anyone who survives that has powers afterwards, which is, yeah. is a pretty, pretty normal, normal pitch for a series, you know? Um, but the other things surrounding it, like the social unrest, um, some different things like that, that are a product of the virus, I think are really interesting. I don't know. Um, it definitely, if someone pitched it to me, like as an idea that it was just something that they wanted to like collaborate on working on together, I'd be like, mm, I don't know, you know, but I think I'll definitely be going back to buy another issue of the thing. But so it's, it's a new issue comic or a new image comic. Image, um, okay. It's all black and white, which is an odd one also. Well, that's Does, the way Walking Dead was. Well, yeah, I mean, like, I just, I think that's like the only one that I can really think of. It's a big one. It's black and white. True. You know, um. 
And it's not like it's like a horror series or anything, though it does have violence that doesn't shy away from being violent. It's just, I don't know. I, I was I was surprised by the comic. It was good, though. Okay. And you said it's uh, 20XX from Image Comics. Mm-hmm. All right. Jessica. I actually played a video game, an indie game called Lost Ember by Moon Eye Studios. Um, you play this wolf that's basically a lost soul that was denied access into their version of heaven. This other soul is going to help you get into heaven, help you figure out why you didn't get in. And so you go through as this wolf that also has this power to turn into any other animal. So you, and like any animal within the game, like there's ducks, there's hawks, there's like hummingbirds, there's little tiny koala bears, like Hmm bunch of animals and you're traveling through this world seeing like these 3d sort of visions of your actual past and the story it was so captivating like i just had to keep going it's a relatively short story i think it only took me like four hours to finish the main line but there's a lot of other stuff that you you know collectibles and stuff you can find and it's a huge world and who doesn't want to be a little duckling for like (laughs) a minute or two (laughs) yeah i highly recommend it um, I also watched with my mom. I watched A Night Before Christmas on Netflix, is that, which is is a KN. Yeah, the KN. Yeah, is that the one with um, oh, I forget her name. Oh, big uh, actress Vanessa Hutchins. Hutchins yeah. yeah, 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 Vanessa Hutchins. <coughs> yeah, and it's the story of it's like it's one of those like kind of well, it's Netflix, but it's like those Hallmark Christmas mm-hmm. movies, or which a, is the new place yeah, for those movies now. Uh-huh. A Night from the 1300s gets transported into our time in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like they do. As for his quest, and apparently his quest was, of course, to Find surprise, fall in love with a modern woman. So it's, it's, just, it's just everything you want from like a cheesy fall in love romance <laughs> Christmas, Christmas movie. movie. <laughs> really great. That sounds like Leopold just set in Christmas. Yeah. Kate and Leopold. Yeah, yeah. It's the, a, yeah, it's a lot thing, like that. This one could also be called The Time Traveler's Wife. <laughs> <laughs> so the video game, what system was that on or what platform was I that on? I played it on Xbox. I think it's on multiple platforms though. And it's like uh, one you get from the arcade or something like that or? Uh, yeah, it's a downloadable game. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Platformer? Is, uh, is it side-scrolling? What's the... How, do, how does it look? Because I feel like it's just like... Like you're just... Like left and right, and then vertical movement. Like it's, you're not like a camera behind you. No, camera behind you. Is it really? Yeah. I'm totally thinking of the wrong game then. Yeah. No. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. All right. Well, that, there you go. So it's the text based like Oregon Trail. The, yeah, I would love the Last so Ember or Lost Ember? Lost Ember. Lost Ember. And you put it on Xbox and then Netflix the night before Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Elizabeth, what'd you watch? Um, so. I, of course, watched uh, C-SPAN for all of the impeachment trials, which be politically, be civically engaged, at least observe what's going on in our world. But um, I also watched uh, Knives Out. We went and saw Ooh, that last I was actually going to ask oh, if anyone had watched, watched that it. that, too. Oh, it was great. It was excellent. Yeah. It was. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I don't want to say too much because I don't want to give things away, but... It yeah, the, excellent. It's it's kind of a movie you can't really talk a lot about mm-hmm. because it gives the, it it could possibly give things away, but I mean, just think murder mystery. Yeah, yeah. The, there was uh, an interesting thing going around. Uh, Ryan Johnson was retweeting some stuff 
that was uh, them showing how they lit the scenes because they had a lot of close-ups on people who had glasses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you would have to see like different lighting things from the other side for them. And they had done things where they took like large like flat panel lights that would just be like a box in someone's glasses. And they had like taped off sections of it so it looked like things that were in perspective with windows and mm-hmm. different stuff. It's really cool. Really, yeah. really cool piece. Huh. Yeah, nice. some production stuff. So going into that movie, I really thought, because Brian Johnson made one of my favorite kind of detective noir movies, modern day ones, is uh, Lu- or not Looper, uh, Brick. If you've ever, anybody have ever seen that one, it's uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. And he's kind of playing like this teenage detective in high school and, and all the kinds of stuff, but it's all very detective noir. Um, I kind of went into it thinking it was going to be a lot more like that, but... Uh, the music choice that they make in that, it in in a lot of the the way it's edited, it, it comes off as to me it comes off as it's supposed to be a lot more zany comic than it mm-hmm. than it really is. <laughs> I I really enjoyed that kind of playoff because yeah. it was kind of goofy. Yeah, like there was there was a lot of comedic relief in it for a very serious story, and and the storyline itself very serious, but it was. Highly comedic, which I enjoy. I yeah. like that kind it, of. It reminded me of a lot of those BBC murder mysteries. Like yes. that's exactly how they're filmed. That's exactly what it was pulling. Which I mean, my parents love those. So like they're the best. Like the like Poirot kind of shows. Yeah. 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 Okay. It, hmm. Yes, it theater. definitely. Yeah. Does. <laughs> it yeah. definitely has that kind of feel. Okay. Oh yeah. I, this, it's excellent. Yeah. If you'd see, if you've seen uh, Murder on the Orient Express, it's a lot mm. like that. It feels mm-hmm. a lot like that. Hmm. So. I, w- I was curious. I saw a scene from the thing, and it was just Chris Evans like cussing out a bunch of people in a room. <laughs> I want to see it just for that. <laughs> I did. I did read one thing. It was like someone. Someone said. Uh, I think it was Daniel Craig who was who was talking about. He's like, Chris Evans just had a great time on it because it was something completely different than what he's done before. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Like yeah, it, it's kind of a different role. Like if you're used to Captain America, this is not that. Yeah. <laughs> which was which was a little. It hurt my heart a little bit, but it was. <laughs> Well worth it. He because did he an didn't excellent take his shirt off or what? Well, I mean, it was way too cold. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's, there's a thing where someone was like, "You like you have like this like insane human specimen, and you put him in like the loosest fitting sweater <laughs> in the whole movie." <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I'm sure he was happy about. It. I was like, "You mean there's a a good four weeks where I don't have to work out every day? <laughs> yeah. Awesome, that's great." And, and it's definitely, but um, he works out with his puppy, and it's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, um, that like he got to do a different kind of role in that one, and then Daniel Craig got to do his awful, awful, awful accent. Yes, in this one also. Yeah, but see, I think then that's. I think they were playing that up more than anything oh, yeah. else. So the idea know, he, did, he did it in another movie before. I forget what the name of that. Oh, movie Lucky was. Logan. Yeah, and Lucky it was Logan. bad then too. It's not bad in Lucky Logan. It is. It is pure Virginian. Like it is Appalachian <laughs> Mountain. Like yeah. bad, like I think it, it's thick. supposed to be pure Virgin. <laughs> it's supposed to be that. But no, I think he did a good job with, uh, with that did, version. I, it I it did not it, strike yeah. me as authentic. But I don't know if I just can't separate him from being Daniel Craig. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's I don't fair. know. <laughs> I think that might be the problem. But I mean, I've like I've watched plenty of other things and I'd be like ah yes this accent yes they have this accent <laughs> but for him I did not feel this yeah no I, I think I think so in this pretty I mean it was it was over the top but yeah it wasn't wrong because like don't get me wrong he's supposed to be like a dandy <laughs> kind of character in in this one and so I like I I definitely feel that one I just I don't know <laughs> it was a lot 
It was it was a lot to take in. It it was odd to, to see that voice coming out of his face. When, when if you're used if you're used to James Bond, the James yes. Bond voice. Yeah. yeah, it is not his James Bond. So voice. Knives Out is in theaters right now, so you can go check that out. All right. So in my week's watch, uh, two of the movies that I watched was. Uh, Time Freak is one of them, which, yeah, that sounds like a weird movie. And it sounds like a 90s movie. It, it does yeah. sound like a 90s movie, but it's a time travel movie. It's got Asa but- Butterfield. So it is a 90s movie. Yeah. <laughs> Disney Clock Channel Stoppers, 90s movie. Yeah, yeah, it does. Right? It, it sounds a lot like Clock Stoppers. And honestly, Asa Butterfield would have been in a bunch of Disney Channel original movies if he had lived in that if time. If he had lived in that time. But uh, Sophie Turner is also in the movie, and Skylar Jasondin, Jasondo, uh, if you'd seen the new uh, Vacation with uh, oh, Ed, Helms. Ed Helms, thank you. Yeah, he plays the son in that. He's, he, he's been on a few things. Like You, you see his face and you, you're like, oh, I know, recognize him. Maybe not Steven, but... <laughs> uh, he, he looks like a butthole. <laughs> We're looking at these <laughs> the posters. And he looks like he chews gum loud. But the, 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 the thing he's got, is, he's got bold tendencies. I just thought that it was funny because I hadn't heard about this movie at all, and it has Asa Butterfield and Sophie Turner. Like Sophie Turner is in one of the most watched TV shows of all time <clears> in Game of Thrones, and Asa Butterfield was and Dark on Phoenix. his and well, she was also in Dark Phoenix, <laughs> unfortunately for her. Uh, but Asa Butterfield was definitely on the rise as a star after Andrew's <clears> Game and Hugo and the Boy in Striped Pajamas. The Boy in the Striped Pajamas, exactly. Oh. Um, if you watched, uh, oh, what's the one where he's born in outer space? That one's actually a really the, good one. The too. distance between us is that what it's called? There's, there's the one, uh, like it was like a, it felt like a jungle. The Green. space between us. That's the one. That's what it's yeah. called. Actually, I thought that was really good. Okay, that was a really good movie. I left but. the trailer a lot, <laughs> but I, the trailer isn't the movie. No, <laughs> you know? it's definitely not. So he in this one he he's a college student that's really good at. Uh, physics so they don't really go into how much physics or what physics but he discovers and creates time travel and the reason he's going to use it is because his girlfriend broke up with him and he wants to go back and fix all the things that he did wrong in the relationship so that she doesn't break up with him i can see why they didn't go into the time travel part of it because <laughs> yeah. we just we like we have settled this one <laughs> like if you create time travel to change a thing in the past you can't change a thing that happened in the past because then you wouldn't have invented time travel exactly yeah, yeah. uh so it kind of taps into that whole like part of the thing like that one thing of uh, if you go back in the past, you won't create it. Do they time machine it where he just like he just consistently gets broken up with? A little bit. Okay. Because yeah. obviously that was one of the best parts of, like, of the time machine. Because yeah. like, his, his wife just, just, just dies just every die, time. Die, die. Yeah. And it's like, and like oh you're God. making it happen. <laughs> Why does she keep dying? Because she yeah. needs to die. Yeah. Get over it. Uh, his friend is is actually really funny. Uh, is, is great for the comic relief. Um they actually throw in a lot of the good uh, tropes of time travel movies where you're sitting there like, well, you know, you can't do that because of this and kind of thing. And then if you do that, this is going to happen. So they, they tackle those things, but all in a very comedic way instead of a very sci- like hard sci-fi way. Mm-hmm. So it, it's actually an okay watch if you just going to, if you get to watch it off of one of your streaming sites and I don't remember which one I watched it. And I think I watched it on Amazon. Yeah. Amazon prime. So, give that a try. That's one that was included with the service or that you paid for? It is included with the service. Okay. Yeah. Uh, The other thing that I watched was The Laundromat. (laughs) The Laundromat, yeah. The Laundromat on Netflix. It's a Netflix original. Uh, It's directed by Steven Soderbergh. 
And the idea, I think it was directed by Steven Soderbergh. Yep. Yeah. Is this, is this one that he shot on an no, iPhone also? I don't think it's an iPhone one. Because he keeps doing those. He I, does. I love it. I love it. See, he did Unsane and what was The basketball other? one. I forget the name of it. Oh, the high flying, the high fly bird or something like that. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, this one's, I think it's just filmed the same way. But the idea, to me, it was very much the same as The Big Short, directed mm. by Chris McKay. Mm. Uh, the, the idea is that, hey, some, something really big is happening to you. It directly affects you when you when you buy insurance for whatever reason, and when you don't, when it doesn't pay out the way that you're supposed to, or you know, legalese comes out and loopholes come out, and they're like, oh well, we don't owe you anything because of this. Mm-hmm. Like it's all because of certain companies. Like they just literally just shell game it throughout all different nations and screw people, screw people out of their money, and like mm-hmm. it it has cutaways to. Gary Oldman and Antonio Banderas, where they're like, "Well, see, this is what is happening here." I know this this one. Yeah, I remember <laughs> this now. I didn't know that this this thing here, the poster that we we're showing here, does not sell what the trailer was because no. the trailer was like, "We've got these actors." Yeah, it has exactly. Meryl Streep in it, right? Meryl Streep yeah. is yeah. in the main actress in it. Yeah, so it's uh, it's a it's a good watch. It's a really good. I mean, you you're getting high quality actors in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's just it's not as quirky as the big short if you're comparing the two like hmm. like if anybody saw the big short there's the part where you have uh a cutaway is is Mar- margot robbie in a bathtub explaining to you what the different like uh rates of housing markets and stuff like that and then she's like the only way that you're gonna remember this is because i'm telling you it in a bathtub or something like that <laughs> uh the only way you're gonna stay interested so is the but this movie though it did seem like they talk at the camera though like yes they break the fourth wall it, yes. from the trailer yeah so it's it, uh, there's yeah, a lot of breaking the breaking the fourth wall in this movie hmm. especially from those two characters yeah and they're, they're just hamming it up they're just having a good oh time. yeah oh yeah uh so once again really good movie definitely give it uh recommend it. it's on netflix hmm. did you have something to say john Mm. okay (laughs) that's fair that's very fair uh all right then let's get right into the mandalorian so two episodes to talk about chapter four and chapter five chapter four is sanctuary chapter five is the gunslinger so if anybody's seen three amigos seven samurai or the magnificent seven You've seen Sanctuary. (laughs) It felt like a Stargate episode. (laughs) Or Stargate. Real hard. That was the thing. Again, I'm still fine with this series. But I compare the series to something with every episode. It's, I don't know. I think, I mean, that's kind of what they're doing with the show. It's like every episode is kind of like taking another big Western trope and Mm -hmm. being like, okay, how can we fit it into 38 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. Or 22, whatever they need. (laughs) (laughs) However long they decide for it to be. Like I, I listened to someone on a podcast uh, last week talk about like they're totally you know they're making it so that you know TV shows don't have to be an hour or forty four minutes they're breaking that mold it's just like they're you know Disney's breaking the mold with movies they don't need to be two hours they can be three hours and three and a half hours or whatever it's like well it's also people don't want to sit for three yeah. and a half hours yeah. all the time just look at look how long it's taken most people to watch the irishman i n- most people haven't even begun it because of it because of it yeah, yeah. you want to sit there for three yeah, and a half I, hours i like scorsese films but i have yet to watch it <laughs> <laughs> exactly. i have yet to have time to watch i was it. gonna say because you have to dedicate <laughs> yeah. that much block of time there's an entire website that just tells you without any spoiler bits what times it's okay to be like 
okay, I'll turn it off when he enters this room. And you'll know when he enters that room. Uh, and you can come back to it later. <laughs> There's a whole website That's dedicated really to that. That's really helpful. Right? <laughs> That's like exceptionally helpful. That's like the, the app that tells you when you can go pee in a movie, yeah. right? Yeah. Like They're just like, yeah, that perfect. It's the perfect time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this episode shows us uh, Gina Carano's character for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing about her character for me is that they introduce her as a shock trooper. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea what that means. Like, she also you, fought for the resistance. Yeah. But if you say troop, trooper, doesn't that mean... I think it's a military Empire? force that you can drop in any place to do the goal that you need. Okay. Basically. She was like a black ops commando for but, the rebellion, yeah. not the resistance. But for yeah. the... Okay. Oh, yeah. for the rebellion, not the resistance? Yeah. There's, yeah. there's, there's a distinction that I, that's yeah. being made? The, the, the rebellion against the Empire, the resistance against the First Order that's trying to rise. They're resisting the First Order from rising... The rebels were rebelling against the empire that already had everything. Yeah, I'm so I'm glad, glad I know that's it. That's the difference. I'm so glad I know what you were saying because otherwise I would have been so lost. <laughs> but watching those five <laughs> movies that have been out, it's still all kind of the same. Well, yeah, kind I of mean, like if anything, I would I mean, say, look at how big how <laughs> big the first order has gotten by the time we get to episode six or seven. Yeah, like, they have a in- whole planet that they've turned into a death. Planet. But they're the not in planet, control. The planets. Yeah, they're basically they destroyed the first, planets the from first, across galaxies. I'm pretty sure they're in that control. Was, that was their the, move, but they're the, still not in charge. Yeah, the first order is the rebels right now. They're rebelling against they're, the uh, previous against rebels. The thing that's not there. <laughs> yeah. they, the, that's the problem. Is they, the rebels didn't have a yeah. listen, man, government. This is, this is what we've been trying to say. A two party system is bad. <laughs> <laughs> This is the truth of the world. The revolutions fail. The revolution <laughs> against the empire failed. It didn't con- maintain control. It failed. Just like other revolutions in our own world have failed. And the power vacuum just left space for someone else to try to supplant it. It's like Napoleon kept coming back, even though they kept overthrowing him and kicking him out and sending him to islands to live. But you understand. <laughs> you, 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 all, you, poison him. you guys all understand that Star Wars is fake, though, right? Like, oh, they can what? write. No. Oh my God. You can write Just that because into you didn't anything. see it happen doesn't mean it's not real, Mitch. But you can write in the story any way you want instead of just going back to rewriting the same story. Oh it, listen, it's it's about the cycl- cyclical the nature. Fans? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. All right, John. Oh God, he's <laughs> gonna murder someone. <laughs> All right. I, I do feel like we've broken John. <laughs> listen, listen, you, you had a hard day. The camera, don't lie. <laughs> like, why do I bother coming? <laughs> I'm not personally attacking you. We're, we're Just all everything you love. With, with, with the two TV shows that we're talking about right now, we are all united under the banner of Watchmen and Baby Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Would you like to just have a few minutes to talk about Baby Yoda? Yodelini is fantastic. Yodelini. (laughs) Baby Yoda is the Pokemon Go (laughs) for the Star Wars universe, where suddenly everyone was a Pokemon fan. But when I was a kid, I got made fun of for it. But now motherfuckers out there catching Clefairies, like whatever. (laughs) Baby Yoda is that for this. Like now everyone's like, oh, Star Wars. Yeah. Have you seen the baby? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen. I've been on the internet. I've seen Baby Yoda. I saw Baby Yoda. He sips soup. <laughs> He's got some sass. Too it's when it's he true. Does it. uh, I, go ahead. Well, bringing it back to the 
episode chapter five and I think chapter five. And chapter four. four. Chapter four and Baby Yoda. I think my favorite scene was him eating the frog and all of the kids going, <laughs> and him just kind of like spitting it out. Like, no, I don't. <laughs> like, it's not okay to do. <laughs> because to me, it's, well, yes, Star Wars is very fictional. Like, that is a very true factor of yes. childhood. Like, we've all been that kid <laughs> yeah. where we've done something and the rest of the group goes, ew. And we're like, ooh, are we not supposed to do that anymore? <laughs> That's not an okay thing. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I guess I won't eat worms. <laughs> I guess it's not acceptable to punch Billy in the face. Yeah. Also, the, the choice to have Baby Yoda like do the noises, like all the adorable noises that babies actually make, and you're just like, oh my god. It's a baby cooing. Like, who made that choice? It could have been any noise. Yeah, he, he could have, like, he could have, the, the, what's the, the internet kind of thing was like, who, who would voice this character if he speaks? And again, just like Detective Pikachu, they're just like, Danny DeVito. <laughs> I don't want it. Are we going to get that in the last episode? Is I don't it, know if it's so, Someone's going to come in and just have a, a line called Mandalorian Daddy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, then oh, everybody's... Oh, yeah. Papa. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> I'm telling you, the last episode's just going to be two and a half hours long, and it's just going to be on its own movie. I would love that. Honestly, I would be so jazzed. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I would 100% be on board with it. We're this. supposed to get a tie-in to the movie. They're launching an episode early. The day yeah, it comes, out, it comes out on the Wednesday, yeah, so the 18th Wednesday. instead of the 20th. Because whatever, it's going to reveal something. It's definitely going to have something to tie in with the movie. With the was, that was the thing that people theorized because of the release schedule. I didn't know that they were actually yeah. putting out an episode a little bit early for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it comes huh. out on the Wednesday instead of the Friday. Interesting. And catch me watching the movie like a month later. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, I'm sure that it's it's not going to be something that like if you haven't watched the show, you won't be able to catch in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's just the way that the same way that Ages of Shield was. It's like this is entirely divorced from. Yeah, I mean, no, the, the, the the show is going to feed into the movie, but it's not something that you need to know to watch the movie. Yeah, yeah. John, just to say, just talk. Uh, it was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. It was. I was, was going to bring awesome. that up. Yeah. I, yeah. It's funny. I mean, seeing as how we had the connection to Rogue One, or I'm sorry, not Rogue One, but Solo, uh, Solo yes, with uh, how- Ron Howard. That's it? That's all you have about <laughs> That's this all episode? you got. <laughs> you read this off the screen. <laughs> no, I, I, I was actually wondering, so as a person who was really into the books and everything uh, before like the 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 great collapse of the canon i guess i don't know the <laughs> purge yeah the purge. um how do you feel about the way that they're approaching like mandalorian culture and everything in this like do you like that they're seemingly reshaping it do you think that they are reshaping it or is that just this character i think they are reshaping it because most of my knowledge of the mandalorian culture came from the republic commando books mm. which were great i highly recommend those even though they're not canon anymore they had a lot of really good insight into their culture from back how it used to be. Mm. But then the Clone Wars changed it to now, like, well, no, the Mandalorians are actually trying to be pacifist, but there's these, like, side factions that are still trying to maintain the warrior ways. Mm. And that could potentially be what they're trying to show here, is that this yeah. is one of those, they call it a covert. It's like a small group of Mandalorians kind of all living together, mm. um, still living, like, in the old style, I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, like it was weird. Like I feel like we might be in a situation where like he's part of like a like I don't know like what what like um 
I can't think of the freaking word. Cult? Like, sect? No, no. Like, yeah, like, it's, it's a sect, but, like, um... Branch? Like, they're, like, orthodox. But, like, okay. They're, like, orthodox Mandalorians. Kind of, kind of yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's the kind of thing I'm wondering if that's what we're going to get from this Which, one. by the way, we finally get an answer to your question of, oh, like, how, how does he eat? eat? Yeah. yeah, he has to take... He takes it off, but it has to be when no one else is watching. But unless you can... It, it, it unless you do it in front of a giant window yeah. where it's wide open and anybody yeah. could just look in. <laughs> Yeah, the rules don't mean shit. I feel like so. In, well, no, it's weird because in the in this episode, they they say that they were there for like three weeks. Three weeks ago, at the end of the episode, is when yeah. the whole battle thing happened with the ATST. But then before that, like, was it also supposed to be a bunch of weeks where they trained the people all Mulan style? I figured that like, was just no, because I think it was just earlier that day. Like they're like, we only have a few like. hours. I don't think it was that. Because again, Pillboy Dameron's gonna get fucked up immediately if he <laughs> goes and tries to kill him. <laughs> yep, that's all you need is a few hours worth of learning how to fight with this pointy stick, and you're good. I don't know. Now, I did feel that this was the clunkiest of the five episodes so far. So that's yeah. funny is that I like this joke. episode more than all the other episodes. You would, wouldn't you? <laughs> yes, I would. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I like it. I like, I like three amigos. Yeah. <laughs> We're starting to it's get a... trope I fall for. Yeah. <laughs> We're starting to get the, the pattern now, though, that every episode's going to have a moment where somebody's about to kill Baby Yoda, and he gets saved by Deus Ex Machina. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah we're figuring it out. So that's why I was saying earlier, I think it was before we started recording, that yes. like my excitement has now like plateaued. Like It's still high. I still have some expectations about the show, but it's not rising anymore. Now it's like, okay, I got to figure it out. I know where this is going. Now I just want to see how the story turns out, what the mystery is of this that we're mm. going to find out, which I have some theories about, uh, partially supplied by Reddit, but I think they might be onto something. Yeah, see, I, I think what Elizabeth said of the two-hour last episode, which I don't think is going to be two hours, but I think it will be extra long. I think you can just watch the first episode and just watch the last episode of the show and you'll get the most story out of it. Like everything in between is just like more zanty antics. But you won't see him getting the armor pieces. You know, he'll go from having like all that raggedy, like random pieces to like the nice shiny armor and probably a jetpack, and be like, what? What happened here? Would well, I? Would I really care? <laughs> so yeah. you, you think he's, he's going to get the, the jetpack? Oh, yeah. yeah. He said, like, I got to be fully those. decked out by the end okay. of it. Yeah. It, it's a video game. It's a, exactly <laughs> yeah, what you I, said. I it's agree. a video game. Yeah. But, like, the only thing is we haven't seen him do any microtransactions yet. <laughs> so it's not true to <laughs> video games. What do you... Wait, the next episode we see microtransactions, no. him fixing uh, his... his his vehicle, yeah. He, his he's going to get a sense of pride and accomplishment from us. That's a joke at, at the expense of the, uh, what was that on? EA. Yeah, it was uh, for Battlefront, yeah. right? Yeah. Battlefront 2, they were like, yeah, like these rewards, like people can either grind these things out and feel a sense of accomplishment for having spent 300 hours for nothing. Or, or they could pay 500 buy it. Yeah. No. <laughs> what are you going to say, Elizabeth? What I didn't understand in chapter four was the point of the love interest. Yeah, I think it's it's more to to me it's more to sell the idea that he is chosen to be Mandalorian at this point. Like yeah. at first it was he was a foundling and they took him in that was his family, mm. but now he is choosing yeah. to stay a Mandalorian. Yeah, that's what I would. Say this too. is the way. <laughs> yeah, this, this is a, this is our way. <laughs> I mean, but I get it. Obviously, like I uh, well, who who's in the episode that says, "Oh, Gina Carano," she's like. So what happens if you don't 
take off, or if you do take off the mask, and yeah. like, then I just can't go back. So you don't die? Like, cool. <laughs> you can stay here with the nice lady that likes you. Yeah. Yeah. Nice Raise widow. your baby. Yeah. She, she even said, she's, she's like, with the, with the beautiful widow? Like, you could just be here with her? <laughs> Maybe try that life. Yeah. He's like, no, I can't. <laughs> uh, um, so... ATSD. How does backwards dog face jungle, you know, fighters get a hold of one of those? It's a military complex. What is a military complex? It, it's it's uh, so one one of the things in Star Wars that I like the most is mm-hmm. that like essentially everyone's got the same weapons, yeah, and everything because it's exactly like real life. Like back in the day, you'd see diverse weapons from like this group and this group, and people would have like massive military superiority because they put a bunch of money into developing new weapons. Mm-hmm. Now we live in a time when one group of people basically put a bunch of money into R&D for weapons and then everyone's got AK-47s now regardless of what side of a conflict they represent. And right. stuff That's just this. gets left behind too. Mm-hmm. So okay. When, when you're in war like sometimes you want to like you need to quickly leave a camp you leave stuff you can't move quickly you leave it behind and somebody can come in and take it. Yeah but that would imply that this was this planet that is often the, the you know on the edge and people the Empire doesn't come to you that often was at one point some type of uh, base or well, operating. Well, Look at that lady, the marksman lady. What's yeah. her story? Like she could be, she yeah, could that, have been a part of that. Are that you talking widow. about Gina Carano? No, 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 no the the, 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 the pretty widow. That's also the problem with the show is that we don't get good. backstories to characters. They just but, introduce them and then but that's it. We're also people who complain when things are just spoon fed to us too. Yeah. So which There's do we want? Difference do we want no backstory and not giving you any? I just I, I don't know because then there's so many parts in the show where they do spoon feed and then other times when they're just like nah I don't know it would make we're sense. saving that story for the book companion that's yeah. going it's to be yeah. and and the ride it <laughs> would it would make sense to have this even though this planet does not have any major economic center if you're talking about a widespread rebellion against the empire yeah. you think this that is the rock be, of Gibraltar like it's like an important like it, hopping it, off place? It could be an important hopping off place or it could simply have been a place that the rebellion set up camp because it's off the grid and therefore the empire came because hmm, it's off the grid. That's the perfect place to hide a rebellion, you know, a rebel base. Let's go check it out. Fighting ensues, what have you. I mean, because we get, mm-hmm. in the movies, we get one storyline of one portion of the, re- like, you have to presume this is a galaxy-wide mm-hmm. issue. Mm-hmm. This is a galaxy-wide war. You're seeing one front in the movies. That doesn't mean other fronts aren't occurring. Well, even yep. then, in the movies, it is also the Outer Rims, too, that a good amount of the action happens. You know, Tatooine is the Outer Rim, and the planet Ray was on. Oh, why am I blanking? That was an Outer Rim planet. Oh, uh, and that Jakku, did, yeah. you yeah. did know it saw a battle because there was clear evidence mm. of battle. Yeah. I, so. I like the idea of this ATST having been one that rebels like took and like repurposed mm-hmm. and that's the reason it has like the red lights on all the time because they like ripped out the alarm unit <laughs> and so it's like constantly inside there it's just whoop, whoop. <laughs> like there's constantly an alarm going off in there <laughs> i really like this idea now <laughs> they just like they, 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 like what is it <laughs> in a car <laughs> You'd like Jerry rig it to start, right? The yeah, yeah they, they hot wired it. <laughs> That's why it's red inside. It's not anything malicious. It's not evil with the red lights. It's just it's, 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 it's Lojack is going on. 
Uh, what would you say is more the the Star Wars experts in the room? What would you say is more difficult to fight, a ATST or an ATAT? Well, it depends on who's fighting it. Luke <laughs> took out an ATAT by himself, exactly. And then we, they're sitting here like an ATST is way too difficult to fight. Like, come well, on, how they're is not it? Luke, man. They also don't have a plane. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, they do, but... <laughs> they didn't really have a lot. They're a little tiny village. Cool. Okay, I can understand the village not being able to, but the shock trooper and, and Mandalorian both being afraid of fighting this well, thing? Yeah, see, you're also talking, like, two completely different things. One is an armored fortress, and the other one's more like, uh, a, like a, a motorcycle. motorcycle. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's yeah. it's it's meant more for, like, smaller... Yeah, but see, I would be more afraid to go up against an aircraft carrier than a motorcycle or a sea dew. <laughs> <laughs> I just the, the, uh, I, at the end of the day, this thing like they really stole the idea of an a, an ATST ever being scary because we saw like the drop Ewok. bears, we saw koalas <laughs> take, them take them out. Yeah, I was like, well, if Ewoks could do it, and I did think that when I was watching it, well, the Ewoks just smushed yeah. it into a pancake. How hard can it be? I, like, I, I just think that they well, they use the wrong amount of fear for an ATST. But this one had red lights yeah. in it. Fair, I guess. <laughs> I, I do. Think well, I, I suppose it, we talk a lot. Of shit. I mean, it's it's armored <laughs> and it's up. It has the high ground always because its guns are always from above. But like, then it can't shoot her when she's just in the pool of water underneath it. Uh, yeah, the whole time? That, I think um, they just didn't know it was, it was there because it's not a sentient droid, right? It's a person. No, yeah, yeah, actually there's, aiming it. Yeah, yeah. there's a dog it. face guy inside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I, I think like the Ewoks, they had the advantage of they had the forest. They had yeah, they <laughs> well, plus, could be higher up. They're, and they're they're also the only people we ever see in Star Wars actually use like real military tactics. Yeah, yeah. The Ewoks. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Honestly, they actually <laughs> use strategy. Well, that was yeah. supposed to be the Wookiees too. hundred percent. Yeah, they just changed yeah. it to Ewoks last minute. And why do you think they just rejiggered the letters? Yeah. Ewok Wookie. <gasps> like they, honestly, they're cousins. Oh, clearly. Actually, I think in the old canon, it used to be that they did share some kind of common ancestry. I, I wouldn't doubt it. What that really makes sense? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Steven thought he was being clever. He liked his head. Like somebody else already did it. He liked his head cannon better. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a real Star Wars fan. <laughs> All right. So at the end of the episode, uh, because. The, the the tracker still is tracking baby Yoda or Yodelini. Yeah. Uh, which, do we have any real clue on what the thing is actually tracking? Like, how, like, does it have its, it, the, the Yoda's DNA in it? Listen, they, yeah, is all, there a all chip they had to inside do, it? Do we know how trackers work? It would have been so easy for them to just be like, like, they put a tracker thing inside of a frog and then put that in front of baby Yoda. <laughs> now it's got a tracker in it. Like, it's not hard, but it's but able then to follow. Why don't, then why doesn't the Mandalorian just cut it out? Or yeah, why isn't it passed yet? Like, <laughs> Do, do, is it feel like, does the, Yoda's race even poop? The Sarlacc <laughs> takes like a thousand years to digest There you go. You're right. And we know a 50-year-old Yoda species is a baby still, so it could take a hundred years yeah. to pass. The Sarlacc pit could too technically... too frequently for that. Um, <laughs> it would make sense based on the fact that... Because the Mandalorian clearly has a tracker on him too, <clears> and he would have taken it out of himself if he could, so... 
I mean, do we By know if deduction it probably is DNA coded? So then I would say you just wrap that baby in tinfoil. <laughs> <laughs> the, my only question for this one is that that tracker is a real convenient thing for oh, the yeah. Star Wars universe. In what part of the series do they get rid of that? And because it would affect so many things going forward in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. Like no one ever used that to just like where's Luke? Well. Don't get me even started Ever? on the whole Luke thing. Like, you, <laughs> you're supposed to be hiding Luke and you still leave his last name as Skywalker <laughs> on the planet well, that his to, father grew up on? To be fair, it, the, the name that Darth Vader even took was, in German is Darth Father. Yeah. So, like, so. Uh, they're not exactly reaching out with the names. <laughs> so, uh, so another bounty hunter comes to, to take out, uh, yeah, basically shoot Baby Yoda mm-hmm. and... Uh, Gina Carano is able to take him out first. Mm-hmm. Deus Machina. And uh, he's like, oh, well, I can't leave him here with these these people. I guess I got to keep trucking along. That's the end of the episode. Yeah. Yep. The very Western theme music that they have going. Have you seen the video of the five stormtroopers breakdancing to that theme music in an alley? No. It's, what? It's, it's beautiful. <laughs> The things you I, I, find, I'm, John. I'm excited to see because they have to be so limber. You just scour the YouTubes and internets all the time, don't you? I I don't have a life. That's oh. bringing in them top quality memes. I need something to help me fill the void. Yeah. Oh. Until you fill it with yourself, you're never going to fill it. I think of this masturbation. I think Yo. that's the problem. Okay. <laughs> But no, no honestly, to move on. <laughs> um, for this episode, like, did everyone like this episode? I like, did. Yeah. This, so this yeah. this built on the thing for you. Yeah. Every, for everyone else, I literally like it because it's Seven Samurai. Okay. Like that's, that's the reason why. I mean, yeah, they literally go and they they train up the villagers. Yeah. It's a bug's life. All of them. I know? didn't even know that's bug life does the same thing. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. it's just Seven Samurai. It's three amigos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. I never <laughs> watched Bugs Life. Huh. Now, now it's broken for you though, because now you know. Yeah, but the big twist. I still feel like you can watch it. No, oh, yeah, like you, no, you've seen that other thing. I feel like someone's so, gonna make me watch you're it. You have to watch it. <laughs> Is this someone starting with an Elizabeth? Yeah. <laughs> 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 but like, did you guys think that this was where the series was going to go, or did you guys think that it would go, have gone in a different direction than this at this point? The, no, I, I would think at this point you would have a lot more development with story wise. Mm-hmm. Did these you expect are, these to are see... all still side stories. These are all still side quests. Mm-hmm. I, I I expected to see more characters come back around. Yeah, in both this, this is, episode yeah. and the next. But for this that is matter. only episode four. Yeah, it yeah. Seemed, we've done we've done so much. We've introduced so many characters. Oh yeah. yeah. How many times we see size noodles? In I mean, Star technically, Wars? this like, is halfway, the... I guess, because there's only eight episodes. <laughs> it's just I don't know. They introduced so many interesting characters and with big production names of actors mm-hmm. and stuff, and it seems like meh. I think that's more that's more of like at this it, at this point the Star Wars and uh Marvel are kind of the same as in people just want to be a part of it. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. Like they just take a day rate. They don't even get like big pay. I mean, look uh, how much do you think Daniel Craig got paid to to be a voice inside of a stormtrooper? I don't. I think he just did a fun thing. Exactly. I, I don't even know if he got paid for that. It's, like yeah. maybe they had to pay him a day rate just because he's. They have after. to. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. People. On the side yeah. note, going back to my previous uh, this week's watch, mm-hmm. John Candy got paid less than the pizza delivery guy in Home Alone. 
because he Jeez. did that as a favor to John Hughes. Oh, I remember that. Damn. So he got like 400 something bucks and the pizza delivery guy got like 500 something. Perfect. I'm sure the pizza delivery guy <laughs> could use it more though. <laughs> <laughs> the pizza guy's like, fuck, please. Can I 25 bucks more? I actually kind of sort of like that the episode of Mandalorian like some of them are ones you can kind of watch standalone. Like you don't need to watch the entire series to understand how this episode's going to go. Or like it's one like, eh, my parents weren't crazy interested in watching it. They like Star Wars, but they're not like fanatic like I am. Mm-hmm. And But it's definitely one where I'm like, ooh, mom might like this episode. Like I can just have her watch this one episode and she'd probably enjoy it. Yeah. I do actually kind of like that you can split it up. It's something you haven't seen on shows for a while. I do kind of sort of miss serialized shows sometimes. I'm, I'm, I'm plenty good with a serialized show. The thing for me with this one is that I could never just put this series on in the background and like draw during it. Because there's nothing to just listen to. There's no dialogue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And for a person who's in a helmet the whole time, no dialogue is rough. <laughs> <laughs> so going into episode five, or chapter five, The Gunslinger, had we seen his heads-up display before? No, and before he used another tool to to magnify something and to look at it closer. And this one, he's just that's a feature in his helmet. That's what I I was like. You're just introducing things at this point that just came out of nowhere for me. Like I understand yeah. that it's a helmet and it should have been able to do all these cool little things, but mm-hmm. we've never seen that before. This episode also had a different writer for the first time. Oh, wasn't oh. David Filoni? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dave Filoni was this one. All the rest of them were John Favreau up to now. Oh right. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dave I did. Filoni I, also directed. Oh yeah, it so did have different. a different sort of feel to it too. I mm-hmm. thought mm-hmm. Dave Filoni had written most of the other ones too. As far as I knew, all the other ones were John Favreau. Yeah. Oh, writing. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fair. Uh, so yeah, this Gunslinger episode, they he they make it. He makes it to Tatooine. <gasps> <laughs> so the other planet wasn't tattooing. It was huh? not. No. It no. was not. So, so it had its own separate race of Jawas, apparently. Yep. They had an in desert planet. Jawas just like desert planets, apparently. It, and <laughs> yeah. apparently they can travel through space. Well, I yeah. mean, if you can steal a spaceship, you can... Nah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't really... But they, were they stealing spaceships or stealing parts off the spaceship? Both. I can steal a car. It doesn't mean I could put one back together and drive it somewhere. Listen, what, if, if, like, what, what is a spaceship except a collection of spaceship parts? Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> that sounded real like smart. <laughs> but then you saw who it came from. You remember who you are. You remember who I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we're back on Tatooine. We're we're back at the uh, the cantina, the infamous mm-hmm. one, the the one. That, there was no band though. Mm-mm. No, it was upsetting. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. Like, but you know those band, those bar bands, they usually get passed down from family member to family member, right? They're Manulo. <laughs> like they just have all the members. They just change out members every six years. <laughs> you got a problem with Manudo? <laughs> Uh, wow! But as as uh, was pointed out before we started recording, that uh, at one point droids weren't even allowed in that bar. Now it's run by droids. Mm-hmm. Yep. Times right. change. As a matter of fact, it's possible that that could be the same droid that was working in uh, Jabba's palace. It was probably unemployed after his boss was blown up and <laughs> and somehow ended up at the bar. <laughs> I, I, I want, I want right, that. Then. I want that book. Like they're just like I gotta you figure my that life out. Like, yeah. <laughs> a little short story of the droid that worked for Jabba. Uh, just a small town droid. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I had to say, I, I I really enjoyed the addition of Amy Sedaris as a the, the actress Amy Sedaris in in this episode. She's the mechanic. Mm. Uh, I keep who, hearing her name in other people's reviews of the episode. What is she famous for? Strangers with Candy on oh, Comedy Central. Oh wow, yeah. Okay, she was also an elf. She is ah. the she is James Con's uh, secretary who's. You know, answers the phone talk, and uh, talks to Buddy all the time. Hey. The strangers with Candy did it for me. All right, now I can place her. I think other people needed it to know it. <laughs> Does she always look like Rhea Perlman? She, she <laughs> or is she, that just this? that's the way she looks? Okay. Other than the fact that she didn't have any eyebrows in this episode. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was just wondering. I, I've never seen her anything. Yeah. Also, those three uh, pit droids that were in the hangar also mm-hmm. were from the uh, pod race in episode one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I'm just kidding. I don't know that for sure. No, like, they, I've seen them well, actually, they look exactly like them. They're also on Star Tours, too. There's a little video before you watch Star Tours, and those are the droids that are trying to fix your your oh, ship oh, cool. before you get on it. So what are they from? Nothing? I know they're from something else in Star Wars, but I, I don't know. I know I've seen them before. I, I, I wouldn't have imagined these things. Wait, so are, <laughs> are they They're just basically like the Java aliens from Men in Black? Yes. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they're quirky, just like that. Okay. I'm not against this. I I feel like someone like you guys were like, when's he gonna say something bad about it? No, I like the I like the Java aliens. <laughs> I, I was mostly trying to figure out what you were saying. <laughs> There's a lot of inside baseball on that one. They're the aliens with the coffee from Men in Black. <laughs> so his droidophobia, like it goes to the extent of like he well, we saw in the in the first episode he doesn't want a, a you know, a speeder that's pulled driven by a, a droid mm-hmm. he doesn't want a droid working on his, his ship in this episode mm-hmm. like is that valid i understand his parents were killed by droids but like it's he a tool was, yeah he was also almost killed by droids because i think the last thing you see in that vision is that a droid is pointing his gun at him until someone saves him yeah but like we haven't had one of those flashbacks since well, he's no. has, he hasn't had his armor worked on. That's the only time he's really oh, had his. Yeah, it's, we, yeah. we talked about it. it's the fumes from Beskar, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like nostalgia. Yeah, yeah it's exactly like nostalgia. Uh, yeah. You just asked the question of is that logical for paranoia? The point of paranoia is it's illogical. Okay. Fair. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's hating is hating droids part of his religion. <laughs> it's the way it could just be his own personal experience. It's yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, but there came a time where, um, well, yeah, we were talking about, I think, already that droids weren't even allowed in there and no one's running it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to make the same point again. No, <laughs> it was, it, no honestly, it, it's a good point. One of the, this, this was the episode that I saw a lot of people say was the part where they fell off of the show. Really? But, yeah. But there was that Twitter thread, which kind of like, like reframed the episode and everything mm-hmm. for me. Um, where they, they pointed that part out. They pointed out um, the interactions with the, the sand, sand people. people. Yeah, the, Like, sand people before in the movies were just savages that just killed yeah, people for no reason. Cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, they kidnapped Anakin's mom, and that's why he went and murdered them all. Like, he, they shot at Luke in the cannon, mm-hmm. canyon, cannon. Yeah, they and shot at Anakin in the pot race. Yeah, yeah. They, they just shoot at people. And this time you get, if you actually try to communicate to them with some sort of sign language that you just got to give them stuff and they'll be like, cool. <laughs> yeah, you're coming onto our land. We deserve something for doing that. Yeah. Instead of yeah. just racing your stupid pod races through our farming area or like, whatever hey, it this, is. This is our ancestral burial ground, you know? <laughs> like, Bro. We're going to defend that shit. 
Yeah, I don't like those things like that, the droid stuff and all those things, like that's actually really interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was just too many things in one episode where that didn't become the focus of conversation for stuff. Yeah. Well, I think that might have been stuff for like the Star Wars, Star Wars fans, mm-hmm. maybe. And that's why it might have gone over some people's. I guess it's fair. No, you don't know. You want to know why this episode's the worst episode? Why? Because they killed Ming Na. Yeah, and, they like, killed Mulan. <laughs> <laughs> After two minutes of her <laughs> being in the show, she's supposed to be this badass she assassin. And she did. She, done. she did by this wannabe Han Solo sitting in a spot and everything. Yeah, <laughs> Just that, like, as soon as I saw him sitting like that in that very booth, I was like, I hate this guy. <laughs> I hate him. Well, you should hate him because he was a, just a bad actor. Like, oh, well, his, yeah, that his too, delivery of like, lines was horrible. Yeah, but it's been a thing for the show. The what's the, the real Perlman lady? What was her name? Amy Sedaris. Yeah, her like her delivery of lines also not good, guys. <sighs> not strong. Uh, I thought she did okay. I thought she did what she needed to do, but I thought she said the the bartender in the last episode was bad yeah that one too that there's one a too. lot of these things <laughs> pillboy dameron also bad <laughs> this is all our money yeah we traveled for two days <laughs> there's a lot of bad acting yeah. <laughs> as long as you get the solid core actors i guess you're fine yeah yeah murder herzog but then you, yeah as you say, but then you kill off the good actors mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. just like right off. yeah honestly is that what this is that the message of the show good actors die <laughs> All the bad actors, all the red shirts live. <laughs> it's a virtue of expectations. That's fair. 100%. It's been odd. It's been it's an been interesting a, journey. It's been an interesting <laughs> journey. Uh, so, yes, Ming-Na's character. I don't, I don't even know what the name of the character was, the, the assassin. Like Shauna or something like that? No. If you scroll down a little bit, I could tell you. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Fennec oh, Shan. Fennec Shan. Fennec. Yeah, she uh, like the fox. Yes. Okay. Mm. Was that? What's that, in, re- what's that mm-hmm. in relation to? That she's sneaky. No. What's the? F- what do you mean the fox? Oh, Fennec fox. It's oh, a small Fennec one. Is, a, is called a, is a fo- is a type mm-hmm. of fox. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Did not know that. Yeah. They're adorable. They have big ears. <laughs> it's true. Very big. Ears. <laughs> like they're, they're more ear than the rest of the body. Yeah. Really. <laughs> <laughs> they're basically a dog, baby Yoda. <laughs> Uh, so what did this episode tell, show us for the rest of the season, that the rest of the show? There's some secret villain that we're not aware about, but That's we see very briefly. We we talked about, um, I, I think the, the person that we see at the end is, what was the actor's name? It's Carlos something. The uh, guy from Breaking Bad. From Breaking Bad and Once Upon a Time and... Mm. Uh, a bunch of other things. But yeah, like, I, I think that might be who that is, because... It, there's there's been no villain that I can or like any character really Maybe honestly that's popped up in one episode and then in the next episode yeah so this has to be the big bad right yeah why hide his face though uh, maybe they just couldn't get him on set that day yeah <laughs> oh that's fair he's missing half his Carlos face Esposito Esposito is that his last name I yeah no Giancarlo oh Giancarlo oh that's the dude that was in uh, an episode of Wild uh, Westworld who. Was he? He was yeah, he was, he was the guy that uh, was supposed to be the one that replaced Lawrence. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. That dude, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, well, yeah, we we find out that there actually is some other big baddie that, that's, <clears throat> that's chasing them down. Just, I figured it was just another bounty hunter, but is he going to be bringing back Ming-Na's character in some way? 
I don't know. I think every, everyone that we've seen die is dead. Okay. Personally. I mean, they made it specific, They made it a point to save Carl Weathers' character. Mm-hmm. So, it's got to be for a reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I, I just, I really don't know. I, there are things in the, in the show that I would have been like, yes, this is what they're going to do. And, that is n- and then none that's of not what happens, yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if I mean that in a positive way at this point either. I feel oh. weird about it. I just really like Watchmen, guys. It's really good. <laughs> that like I feel bad for this series having to be on at the same time and in like the con- like um like public pu- consciousness and conversation about media at the same time as Watchmen. Well, the, the funny thing was is that was it Pedro Pascal was t- tweeting the other day is like how great Watchmen. Yeah. Is. yeah. Like he's like this is great. And then, like Watchmen like, is so good, guys. I like that he's tweeting about that and then uh, Regina Regina King. King. Yeah, she's just tweeting about how how she's just been fit the whole time. She's been fit. Yeah, like she, like like his, his tweets are like that show is really good, and hers is like everyone keeps asking me how I how I like prepared for the show, and then she just put like two videos next to each other from Watchmen and then one from before in another series. Yeah, like Southland. Yeah, South- she's just like yeah, I've she's, been prepped. Yeah, she's <laughs> in great shape for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, no, there's nobody from Watchmen tweeting about <laughs> about this show. I mean, <laughs> I I would say that Mandalorian is still higher in the collective consciousness than it, than the Watchmen is. I don't think it would happen if it wasn't for Baby Yoda. No, Every, they, they you're are absolutely so much right. But yes, but that is the thing. I mean, they knew what they were doing. It's just like the other Star Wars series. They mm-hmm. they know what they're doing when they're selling certain things. Porks misfired though. Porgs. Porgs misfired. Oh, Porgs. Oh, yeah, Porgs. Are- I yeah. thought that was all just a, a mistake, though. Like, the- no, I mean, they, they originally created them to cover up for all the birds that right. were on set. But yeah. that was still a pretty big misfire, though. Yeah. Like, that did not go over great. Those pretty silver foxes, though. Yeah, but... <laughs> those, those, those were a win. But those, B- those were awesome. But BB-8 is a huge win. Like, BB-8 is a, oh, yeah. is a thing mm-hmm. that just about everybody loves. Yeah. No, they always give a tiny little companion. And it works for Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Even was it BD-1? Is the one from the uh, Fallen Order, the game? Oh, yeah. Even he's great. Works for Disney princesses too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> true. Well, no, yeah. the, 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 the was it the pig or the chicken they decided to go with for Moana? Chicken. It, it should have been the other hey, one. Hey. It should have been the pig. Oh. <laughs> it should have been the it pig. It should have been the pig. The pig yeah. should have been pig. her companion. Yeah. But hey, hey, was just so funny. <laughs> so they kept hey, hey in the movie more, they and everybody kind of forgets the pig. But either, they do. They either do way, it should always be Alan Tudyk. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so there you go. We have more coming up with more characters that we don't know about. Hopefully, we get more backstory with the Mandalorian. You know, that's one thing I wanted to say was that I don't like. I understood it when Carl Weathers called him Mando, but like when mm-hmm. other people call him Mando, it kind of feels like a racial slur. Yeah, yeah, it does. Cultural slur. Yeah, it just it's doesn't sound right. Way. I mean, I knew a guy that we referred to as Mormon. Yeah. And his name was John, but I was already a John, so... <laughs> so you couldn't have two Johns. Nope. He was like, yo, Mormon. <laughs> Nobody asks him in his name e- either. Like, even the widow lady that was so interested in him, I don't think she ever went, hey, what's your name, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless in the, the four weeks that we didn't see, like, he, she did, but she you're asked right. Him and he said, I'm not telling you. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, like, are you not showing know. you my face? I'm not going to tell you my name. Just... Can he have a name? Does he have a yeah, name? I, yeah. I, if, if you're a foundling, do you get a name? Or are you just a Mandalorian like everybody else? I don't know. So this is the way. Yeah. So apparently that the the 
the heavy artillery Mandalorian from War Machine. The, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. Was, that the was Mandalorian machine. That was uh, John Favreau. Really? Well, the voice was. The voice the was. Boy, yeah. yeah. Huh. Well, okay. Favreau's a pretty big dude too. <laughs> no, it's uh, listed on IMDb as some big guy. But it's oh, really? Favreau just did the voice. Oh. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> right, anything else anybody would like to add to before we go into Watchmen? There is a theory. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Somebody want to say something first? No, no, no we no. want to hear it. I genuinely like. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, the there is a theory that the client played by Werner Herzog, right, mm-hmm. is actually long lost, presumed dead Jedi Master Sifo Diaz. Really? That doesn't mean anything to me. For his connection. In Attack of the Clones, he was the one who put in the secret order to start the clone project. Oh, okay. And everybody presumed him to be dead. Obi-Wan is like, oh, he's been dead for like 10 years. Yeah, and they just they're yeah. immediately are like, cool, anyway, so here's what happened with the project. Yeah. Here's the clones. <laughs> <laughs> they just move ahead, yeah. But okay, wait, 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 wait. In Attack of the Clones, how many years ago was that from this point, though? That is now, let's see. Attack it's got to be clones, 60 years, right? Like, it was like 26 years BBY. BBY? Before the Battle of Yavin. Okay. That's kind of like the That's, yeah. starting point. Okay. So, so BCE now. now. BCE. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got BCE. So what, Which is better. So that would... Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess it makes sense. Werner Herzog is pretty old. Yeah. Listen, when 900 years you reach. <laughs> <laughs> but that would explain why he's working with a cloner, a Kaminoan cloner from the looks of it. True. And maybe he's uh, still up to his old cloning shenanigans. Now he wants to create a race of uh, Force-sensitive clones, maybe. We don't know. Possibly. Yeah, because we haven't seen Baby Yoda use the Force since that episode that Mandalorian yeah. saved him. Maybe so. they sucked out all his uh, midi-chlorians. If that's how yeah, this works. I, that's what I was kind of thinking was yeah. going to have happened. Like, we we talked about the fact that they did that kind of thing for Grievous. And so, there's 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 a precedent for that, you know? Yeah. yeah. curious. Anybody else? All right, so getting into uh, Watchmen episode seven, an alm- an almost religious ah, yeah, Re- big episode, <laughs> Wait, can, big can you twist the, episode. Can you read the description for this sure. one? Sure, because this is the summary that would come up on your like Directv thing or whatever for the, the thing. There's one bit that I like a lot. So IMDb's summary is, under Lady True's care, Angela undergoes an unconventional treatment. Lori chases down a lead. The smartest man in the world delivers a stunning defense of his past actions. (laughs) They're not wrong. (laughs) Now, before we get into it, we need to address the (laughs) elephant in the room. Yeah. Uh, That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) What? So, <laughs> do you actually have something, or did you just wanted to say the there line? was an elephant in the room? There was, there was an, an elephant. elephant in the room. <laughs> well, apparently, because I did some more research on Lady True now, and I guess elephants actually are related to the Lady True historical character. Like she was said to be riding a war elephant uh, when she was doing her thing back in the days of. Uh, well, now you're gonna have to give me a. a- background on who the real lady true is i didn't yeah, know exactly. this is a real person so she's yeah. essentially like a vietnamese version of mulan yeah kind of like oh. shorthand version of it she was a real person and again elephants were related to her story mm-hmm. which is why you see a lot of elephant iconography now that uh-huh. i look at it closer the logo for true is an elephant head um 
there's all these little elephant uh, looking things like her hourglass that she has i just noticed has is surrounded by elephants hmm. um and of course there's an elephant in the room well, angela almost p- w- picked up an elephant movie when she oh was yeah in the, the, the little tus- tusky yeah. i think is what it was called um which by the way the title of the movie the sister night none with the motherfucking gun uh-huh. that's actually the name of her theme song that we hear in the first episode <laughs> that sounds like set from the soundtrack of uh, existence yeah it's like super like throwback 90s it's like dude way to go like a plus existence yeah. <laughs> i think i think we're at like a three like th- three like over the life of the, the, the geeks watch and it, that's all i want it's like we're just gonna help bring it back into consciousness no <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, that movie needs to stay dead and gone they're gonna catch, catch me playing ps4 with the existence <laughs> controller <laughs> They're gonna see a spike in downloads, and like this is gonna boggle all the studio heads' minds. Like, what is time we, for? Do we sequel? bring it back? <laughs> the reboot. <laughs> the movie's we'll so get bad. Back. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> all right. Anyways. No, Lady True story is actually very cool. Yes, Something it's very it interesting. I mean, it's amazing how many, how much real life stuff is in this this show. Yes, it's so well written. I take back everything bad I've ever said about Lindelof. Don't do it yet. Don't, don't, don't say that now because we still got episodes to go, man. You know what? And they got I, a second season so they can still fuck with Wait them. a minute. <laughs> Actually, when was that confirmed? Because Lindelof has been saying over and over again he only planned for one season. And I, if, I like that. And if they go for any more, it could be without him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that could be bad. Yeah, it probably would. Because I think that this whole one season was meant to be self-contained with room to maybe explore more. But if you don't have somewhere good to expand it in, then it could just be lost all over again. You're doing it for nothing. Yeah. Which is what I think. I I, I thought this was going to be one season and that was the whole series. Yeah, Yeah, miniseries instead of an ongoing show. Yeah. Yeah, and that's all all I wanted. When, When it was talked about that it was going to be two seasons, I was... I wasn't happy. <laughs> I mean, more of this would be awesome, but like the, the chances that we'll get more of this is slim to none. Yeah, yeah. It's also not being well received because uh, a lot of people, unironically, are quoting a line from the show about being very difficult to be a white yeah. man in America these days. Dude, that honestly, that's also an interesting connective thing between this and um, Mandalorian. <laughs> there are like the shirts that are Mandalorian shirts. Um, they have like the like the Mando like the front of the helmet and stuff, and then on the bottom of it it says like Guns are part of my religion. <laughs> there's a bunch oh. of real shitty people going out going around out there with that shirt. I you know what I saw that and I thought it was just a joke. Yeah, people oh. had said it as a joke after the episode came out, and then people ran with it. It's like it's gonna become the new "Don't Tread on Me" or yeah, Molo, right. Molo Labe. Yeah, I, I don't like it. <laughs> there is nothing it's official yet for flag. a second season. Yeah, I didn't think so. I don't know. I I hope it's not true. I want it to be this. That's it. Mm. And maybe maybe in like three years or something, you put it, make a second season. That would be wonderful. Only do it when it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm. I would like it if Ellen Moore actually watched it and be like, "Yeah, it was okay." You know, going into this, <laughs> that one, would be so different for him. <laughs> well, going into this particular episode because it's so Doctor Manhattan heavy. Uh, there's the 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 episode. I don't know if it starts off, but it's in the part where she, you know, it's documentary. It's young. Well, okay. So then the part where it's young, um, Angela, Angela and you see like the drawings of Doctor Manhattan. It's obviously Dave Gibbons' art. Like it made me so happy because 
Dave Givens is the other half of the creative team that created the mm-hmm. the Watchmen, and he's like, yeah, I'm all for this, and he's you heavily know. involved. He's heavily involved in the show, so it's like, yeah, it, I I actually felt really cool about that, like, because mm-hmm. every other adaptation of Alan Moore stuff, all you ever hear is about how Alan, Alan Moore, Moore hates Alan the Moore. idea that you're a, you're you're adapting his stuff. You yeah. should not be doing that, and it's like, well, fuck you. <laughs> I mean, to be fair though, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was a bad adaptation. League of oh. Extraordinary Gentlemen is a good movie. Wow. It is a bad I like adaptation that movie. though. I'm with you. It's that a good movie. movie. It's yeah. a bad ad- adaptation. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, V for Vendetta is probably one of the best adaptations that there's been. But oh, that yeah. still was a little different here and there. True. Watchmen, the movie, I mean, I like it. Yeah, I like the Watchmen movie. Yeah. It, it definitely skews to a different version of a reading of the of the show of the story, like yeah. This it, the problem with the movie, squid, man. <laughs> and that's the good part. You don't need a giant squid. It's dumb. Well, no, it's not dumb. Is that you wouldn't have enough time in a two-hour format to flesh it out like it needed to. Like if you had made it a twelve-part miniseries, then you could put in all the stuff with True. the squid and You're right. with all the Pedipedia stuff in there. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's. It's a difficult thing to have to adapt. I mean, it's, um, it's. I'm surprised they did it as good as they got it. And even then, it wasn't perfect, but it was still good. So last episode, uh, the the nostalgia episode, we got to see a lot of Will Reeves' backstory, mm-hmm. most of his backstory. Elizabeth wasn't here to talk to us about that episode. What did you think of that? Just quick. It was. It was interesting to see. It definitely hit on a lot of reality points mm-hmm. that that came in and it was um, an interesting play off so it, when we started this this series and not knowing anything about it you know, I discussed the fact that I really didn't think I was going to like this show because really didn't like vigilantes I, ha- I, I don't like vigilantes and I have a real problem with authoritarian regimes and in his backstory, you actually do get a lot of that interplay and what that means and how that develops and how you, mm-hmm. how while vigilantes as a concept could be good in practice end up being bad because they're still influenced by human nature and mm-hmm. human nature is flawed. So it was kind of interesting to see that development and that play out in that episode. Okay. And then nice. so this episode we get to see more of Angela's backstory, mm-hmm. what made her her. Yeah. Uh we see that you know being a young child in Saigon that is now after Dr. Manhattan came in and won the Vietnam War for America, Vietnam became the 51st state of, of the United States. Mm-hmm. It you know, they brought in their democracy and they made we have burgers and borscht restaurants <laughs> and yep. uh the 51 stars uh, flag. I don't know if it's actually 51 stars. It might be more. I think it's still just 51. Is it just 51? Okay. Uh, and then um, uh, will, would those be resistance fighters or re- rebellion? They'd be rebellions yeah, since be they're rebellions. the government's already there. They'd be dead. <laughs> they came in and, and yeah, well, he's dead after he blows <laughs> himself up. He's, and the uh, other guy gets shot by the police. But, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and the <laughs> other guy gets shot by the police. Um yeah, that wasn't weird. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, her parents are killed right there in the middle of a square because of a suicide bomber. And she is now given to a Saigon orphanage. Like, mm-hmm. 
Uh, he's a ward of the state now. She is. Yes. Is that what it is? Yeah. He's a yeah. ward of the state. I mean, ward of the state. would she not like? I, I I guess I I'm not familiar enough with the whole process, but wouldn't the government like yeah. seeing she's the uh, the the daughter of an army person, like an army? It, uh, uh, it, it to me, he's wearing a uniform, so he must be a current employee of yeah. the army. He's yes, definitely active army. Active. That's the word I was looking for. If he does not list any next of kin, and no next of kin come forward, mm-hmm. the state will accept the child as a ward of the state until next of kin can be located. And how much effort gets put into that varies from state to state and time and place. Especially since the state is now in a whole other continent. Continent. Yeah. It is highly unlike, and they're dealing with active rebellion, it Mm -hmm. sounds like, or at least what would be labeled as a terrorist organization. Mm -hmm. Or freedom fighters. Or freedom fighters, depending Mm -hmm. on how, you know. So if the government's dealing with that in the state, the last thing that they're really worrying about is finding an next of kin for a child who's n- there's no next of kin screaming about them. Yeah. yeah. You don't have some like like real committed social worker who's out there Mm-mm. doing the stuff, you know. I mean, well, this I mean that's is also a, it's what, an extra pair of hands to make some more Dr. Manhattan paraphernalia, yeah. you know, in the switch shop. <laughs> more of those puppets. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is also the 60s, right? No, no. This is uh the seventies. No, this is uh, this is like late eighties. Yeah. No. Went, no. No. Eighty five uh. is when he goes to Mars. Yeah. Or did he? No. Well, <laughs> well he does in the that's book. A, that's, <laughs> a se- that's a separate conversation. No, this is because this is after. Uh, I mean, Angela Abar's like our age. She's like thirty, between. Mid to late thirties, and she's say. much younger than Regina King is. So this would be nineties, then. No, I'm saying Angela. If you're saying that this happens when she, if she's our age, if Angela Ajwar is our age, then she, the character, is younger than what Regina King is. Oh, well, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't well, feel like this I mean, is the eighties. If, if they're staying in line with historical time frames you're not looking at the late 80s to end the vietnam war no i well i took it to be that this is long after the vietnam war ended because that was like in the mid 70s and now this is like just a day in the life of the 51st state that just happens to be when that suicide bombing happened it wasn't right after this is definitely after some time has passed. I was getting that it was maybe seven, eight years because she would have been six-ish. Well, what right? technology did we see? We saw VCR. Technology doesn't say anything. Oh, well, this one. yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, here's the one telltale <laughs> because they, they are pretty good about staying with chronological time frames based on the music that they're using. What year did Living in America come out? That was what, Rocky Four. I don't know. I'll, I'll look, but keep talking. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was it was definitely mid to late 80s, possibly before the squid attack, maybe, but that would have put it right at 85. I um, would imagine it would be before the squid attack, because I would assume that that would have been referenced. Yeah. If the squid attack had already occurred. Mm, well, the squid attack was a November 85, and it looks like the song did come out in 85, so it could have been right around that same time, maybe a little bit before... Because there was no news about it. Nobody, I mean, everybody was pretty happy at this exactly. time. Exactly. And yeah. so if the giant squid attack had just happened, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, so this may be just prior. And if the giant squid attack had happened, I couldn't imagine them having quite that um, 
religious affection for Manhattan, because right? Well, the in the comic that the show's based on, Manhattan wasn't directly responsible for the squid attack. It was just assumed that the technology he created was. made it happen. But so still, if he's getting blamed for it, they wouldn't be but idolizing him. Right, and yeah. Well, no, no, no matter what, this is going to be before that stuff, because again, one of the whole things that we know happens as a product of the squid thing is that everyone's united against that. And there's still mm-hmm. plenty of human infighting. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, that actually, part. that's a good point. We know that the burgers and borscht thing didn't happen until after the squid attack, because that's when U.S. and Russia called a ceasefire to the Cold War. And oh. they started integrating. Eh, but I think uh, that's a good point. But I think the idea that you're already so close to Russia and the fact that Vietnam was communism, yeah. you know, the idea is the two things coming together in this new state. It's like Christmas. <laughs> what? <laughs> I promise it makes sense. Didn't He's <laughs> talking about the ceasefire. <laughs> 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 no, that's, not, that's not even the one. No, because like um, uh, uh, when they wanted to get people to come to Christianity, they took on like pagan rituals and kept stuff. Yeah. So we still have Christmas trees and stuff like that. But now they're Christmas trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Jesus as had a, one, as opposed to winter, as opposed to winter feast trees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is why Jesus was born in. December. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, when the sheep were actually out to pasture. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think I think. This is, I think what we see is pre-squid, but I do think that, uh, you're right, it's an 85, which would make yeah. the character of Angela Avar younger, because Regina King is born in 71. Hmm. So, yeah. uh, okay, well then, 1985 is going to eventually happen, or it does happen, and the squid's going to happen, and this gets to the end, to the end of the episode, real quick. Uh, you see... Um, she has to reveal. She reveals, or she knows that her husband Cal is Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, that Doctor Manhattan's been hiding on Earth inside of a person, thinking that he's a person, and there's a reason why he was so perfect. Jessica <laughs> <laughs> thinks that Black Manta's perfect. <laughs> Actually, somebody she didn't see no, Cal, Cal himself. <laughs> uh, like. okay. so, somebody combined a picture of his naked ass from the first episode to like a drawing of Doctor Manhattan, and they even like had the dots connecting the dimples on the back. Oh like, my god! Was like, wow, really? That's serious and seriously intense. But okay, so but run this timeline for me then again because. 85, the squid attack happens and he goes to Mars. No, he goes no. to Mars before the squid attack. He goes to Mars before the squid so attack. So essentially, Lori like, gets mad at him. Like, I don't know, it'd probably be early in 85. If, if, you, if you think that it's New Year's Eve when the squid attack happens. That's, well, that's what. It was the, November 20 something. Okay. So yeah. it's November. If you think about like early in the year when stuff is starting to happen, the comedian dies. And Warshark starts putting shit together. Uh, Lori gets mad at Dr. Manhattan and says, I'm leaving. I'm going to go stay with my mom kind of thing. He gets pissed off because then uh, his ex, was that is that when his ex-wife's like, hey, you gave me cancer? Jenny Slater. Yeah. yeah. So all these things are happening. He's like, fine. I don't want to be around humans anymore. I go live on, I'm going to go live on Mars. Well, he was being kind of like accosted, like in a gotcha <laughs> type interview. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, hey, did you know that you're causing cancer? All these people that used to work with you are now dying or Your dead. old villain, Moloch. Yeah, has- he's got incurable cancer. And 
uh, your ex-girlfriend's like here so, and she's like balding and looks all decrepit. Wasn't Moloch is the Dobby looking dude? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The with the pointy ears. Yeah. <laughs> so he goes and lives on Mars, say say around July. And then eventually Night Owl, Silk Spectre, and Rorschach. Rorschach figure it all out that Adrian Vett is the one that, that actually is mm-hmm. giving people cancer and about to do do the squid, squid thing. Yeah. And then Lori has to go talk to Dr. Manhattan on Mars to be like, hey, you need to stop the squid from happening. It's important. And then he's like, why? None of this is important. Like, you people are dumb. Like, I don't care about anything. Like, you're the only thing I really cared about, and you left me. So that's it. That right? Am I wrong? Uh, you, you're getting the broad strokes, yeah. Okay, but then so at some point he goes back to Earth to Vietnam and I think and falls yeah. in love with Angela. That happens after the events of the graphic novel. Yeah, so, so we, don't, we know. don't know. Well, at the end of the graphic novel, after the squid attack happens, and he didn't stop it because Adrian Veidt, using his research and technology, found a way to kind of like block Manhattan's omnipotent vision. Mm-hmm. So it happened. Tenfoil. It, yeah, <laughs> reflect the teen. Yeah, reflect the teen. Yeah, um, he found a way to like to at least obscure it enough that he could get away with it. And Doctor Manhattan was like, after the fact, like, yeah, well, it looks like it's gonna work. Uh, everybody, all the nations are deciding to work together instead of fighting each other. So it sucks that you killed three million people, but it looks like it is for the greater good. In the grand scheme of things, three million people against set like, eight billion is not yeah. so bad. And Adrian Veidt's like, so what are you going to do now? He says, yeah, I think I'm just going to like bug out of here and maybe go to a different galaxy, maybe start some life or something. I don't know. And he, that's, he just disappears. That's all you know about him. He just leaves Earth. And that was in November of 85. And it's assumed that because we saw the preview for the next episode. I didn't watch the preview for the next oh, episode. I never watched the preview for the next episode. I love the preview. I yeah, they, that they've been video. really good. Yeah. Been, like, they, they, oh, they give interesting the, kernels without actually telling anything and then really yeah. and then they, they do the hydrogen symbol into the hbo logo yeah I was like, it, it oh, was good it was good they've so done cool. they, they've, they haven't done it for every episode but they've done it in a couple of them yeah and they've been good. i was like it was so cool so then we're at this point we're supposed to surmise that at some point he, you know after the squid attack he decides to come live amongst the humans again or at least expose himself to one particular human mm-hmm. angela and they she he tells her hey I'll be your husband, but you have to t- you have to make sure that I never remember that I'm Doctor Manhattan and never tell anybody. But if it comes to the point where I need to bash, bash my, my head, head in with <laughs> something and then pull out pull the up. hydrogen symbol, oh, we're gonna need the hammer. I think he's specifically. <laughs> Which, by the way, hammer. somebody was pointing <laughs> out like on Reddit that, 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 that at all. this sounds she like an idea. Violent. Like, all right, I'm gonna have to get the. <laughs> Let's see if I can pull up the name of the person here. Yeah, actually. that was like, why would you have to make it so violent? There's a reason for that. Uh, let me see here. I can put because it means you mean you, you mean it. You okay. have to really mean it. <laughs> I so, guess it does fall into. Oh, sorry, this is taken directly from a Reddit post, but I found it really interesting. It says Angela killing Kel with the hammer to free Doctor Manhattan has to be a reference to Roger Fisher's idea to prevent nuclear war. So that's actually what I was just uh, okay. <laughs> basically his suggestion was uh, that you needed to put the nuclear codes inside a capsule inside, inside a, a person um, so that if you decided that you wanted to start nuclear war, you, you had to first somebody? take the life of a person and in order to kind of face the w- what you're about to do. 
the the idea was instead of the president carrying around a box is he would have to get to know this person standing <laughs> next to him day in and day out like a secret service agent he's, he's, he's got to kill Dwayne Hill bodyguard yeah and well, he's got it have to got, kill that person in order to, to kill, kill a bunch of people boy because so I like many, that's a good plan though so many honestly. millions of deaths would be impersonal he had to at least make this one what? personal so that the weight of his actions would actually be like okay there's no other choice I have to do this and it was turned down because the rest of the body coming up with these ideas the theory was then the president would never push the would never push the nuclear codes and imagine he's, and he's like that's that's the point. Yeah. Yeah, but the same like, other country would not, not have that. Those, those same restraints. I still yeah. think that's okay. <laughs> Anyways. That's still fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I get that. But like in this, I I understand that Dr. Manhattan is the equivalent, if not more so, because he can just make people blink out of existence. But... What's so serious other than the fact that Lady True is looking for Dr. Manhattan that she feels the need to now bash in the her husband and then bring Dr. Manhattan out? Well, it's not well, just Lady True. Well, yeah, because the 7th Cavalry, Cavalry is after him. Yeah, they're, and they're, they're going they're to kill to him harness. to become him. Yeah. Okay. I still feel like this is leading into their plan. Like, it's the idea of death see, sees you in the market and is like, why are you, you know, looking at you? And he's like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go four hours away. And then he's like, that's why I was looking at you. Cause you're supposed to be four hours away when I take your life later that night. It's like you're, you're leading right into their plan by bringing Dr. Manhattan. Well, out. Dr. Manhattan would also agree with you because in the preview, he also tells her, you're going to try to save me, but you can't. And she's still going to try. No. Okay. Are we watching heroes now? He's yeah. Oh, I mean, oh. Heroes was very, very heavily influenced by uh, Watchmen. Was so. it really? Oh, yeah. Know. Season one was good. Season yeah, one season, was. No, season one was good. Yeah. With the painter and everything. Everything and then they abandoned else, Yes. And then just, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> it, 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 it suffered from the, the writer's strike. Yeah. Real hard. Yeah. Uh, so, and I get, so I get the whole point of she needs to kill him, but why does she have to bash his head in? Like, because the whole nuclear codes thing, like, you just had to shoot him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, Beating somebody's head out with the, with the hammer is very because it's, much more personal. It's not. It's not TV. It's HBO. That's why. <laughs> <It's HBO. laughs> Got it. I mean, we. You, if you watched Westworld, you you get to see people just get their innards ripped out. Yeah, so yeah. Uh-huh. you need that. Like you get to. But <laughs> oh yeah, did you get the impression that like she really loves Doctor Manhattan? Yeah, she called him baby a lot. Yeah, like. They like she was happy thing. to see him come back. Like, hey, there you are. Yeah, and I was like, I'm conflicted by this situation. It and is confusing. I wonder how long their relationship was before he yeah. became I cow. I feel like we're gonna episode. learn that. Uh, no, I feel like it's got to have been a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, we we know from the comic book and the movie. If you watch it, time is completely different for Dr. Manhattan. He could have made time completely different for Angela and the little bit of time that he knew that they knew him or long, you know, like they could have had a whole life together and then put right back to the point where, well, in the preview, they play around with that idea. Um, I hate resorting so much to the preview because I feel like it's useful information, but he, um, she basically, uh, well, he tells her that he loves her and she was like, like, when did you decide that? Or, like, when did you figure that out? And I was like, well, 
I already did. Like, I know that I love you. So, like, I'm telling you now, even though it might not become apparent until, like, Later. some other point, mm-hmm. because he already knows it. Well, the funny thing, I was going to say, the funny thing is, is that we, we always talk about how Dr. Manhattan experiences all the time at the exact same moment. That's what Angela's been doing in the last, like, two episodes where yeah. she's remembering everything, like, jumbled, but all at the same mm-hmm. time. Not just, like, someone else's but hers too now right well that was kind of sort of interesting like one of my favorite aspects of it was her meeting june and you found out she did meet her grandmother in real life Mm -hmm. but she had a heart attack like right after meeting and could you imagine like i mean i'm sure as a kid like she was sad that this lady she just met died but she didn't feel anything i mean she didn't but then the second time she gets to relive it she also has her grandfather's memory of like having yeah. this relationship with her. Begging so the second time she's seeing her own memory, mm-hmm. she's adding other, she's, that memory is now more emotional for her. It's like she's grieving her grandmother again. Mm-hmm. I well, actually yeah. find that the most fascinating thing about that. That's one of the things that they mentioned about yeah. nostalgia is it's that people, on. when they were abusing yeah. it, it was to relive their traumas because they were fixated on them somehow. And that's what she's been reliving is oh, yeah, the thing that made her into Sister Knight and you know the deaths of her family over and over again basically mm-hmm. it's uh interesting stuff man i'm really digging this show right now yeah <laughs> i didn't when yeah. the first teaser images for the show came out i thought it, was it looked like awful. dog shit yeah yeah it was, was like terrible. <laughs> they got the yellow mask and the cops and stuff I was like, this is fucking trash it's one of the most rewarding television experiences of like mm-hmm. the last decade <laughs> And I don't know how to feel about that because I don't like watching it that <laughs> the, much. The dildo was a clue all along <laughs> oh and nobody knew it. Well, people were guessing, but no. I was like, yeah. that is genius. Well, that's what I said. I said, I, I remember someone on our podcast saying Cal was Dr. Manhattan way in one of the first episodes that we recorded. I don't remember who. I know, I know it certainly it wasn't, wasn't me. And I know it wasn't, it wasn't me. me. I know I talked a lot about him being perfect and I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you subconsciously picked up I on mean, it. I mean, that's what it was. Then you conflated it was the two. As soon as True said, it that oh he's in Tulsa and I was like it's fucking Gil it's Gil like it's her husband <laughs> and which it, is why like, she that's didn't why have he's to so ask. perfect yeah. <laughs> like he's reading all those books <laughs> like just and like yeah and if you go back now like uh, on a rewatch I think it's gonna totally change the show because all the clues were there since the first mm-hmm. episode when uh, when Cal's explaining death to the kids it's very clinical in a very Doctor Manhattan sort of way yeah. where he's saying like you know. First, you don't exist, then you exist for a while, and then when you die, you don't exist again. And that's pretty much almost well, it's a different way of saying You're right. what he said about death in the comic books You're, when one yeah. of his friends died. You're very right, but I, I guess I didn't, I didn't, I don't want that to be the explanation. I feel like the idea that the two of them lived through such weird shit in Saigon, you mm-hmm. know, like that, that would be the reason why he would come out having that emotion about death. But you're yeah. right. But he also says uh, when he first meets Laurie at the cemetery, I think they have a weird interaction. It's like, like, do I know you or something like that? Or he said something really like bizarre like that. And there was a lot of side stuff going on with him and Laurie too that you never really got to see because yeah, there was a lot of like eye contact. Yeah, Laurie mentioned she went to go talk to Cal, and Angela yeah. gets all pissed like several and times. And now it makes sense as to why Angela yeah. was getting so freaking pissed and yeah. hating on Laurie. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and she nonchalantly, uh, Laurie nonchalantly is all like, yeah, Cal's hot. I was like, I like him. And I was like, mm, I bet you do. <laughs> uh, He's a hot. He's it's tinkly. What? You know, now it also makes sense why the Seventh Calvary um, changed that quote from Rorschach um, to include the line "race traders," 
maybe he's saying, oh, well, Dr. Manhattan like went black or something. <laughs> I was trying to be like a... Yeah, but they didn't know that. I They do know that. Okay. They were outside yeah, they, their house. Yeah. Yeah. They were they, waiting outside. They, they know yeah. who he is. I feel like the sheriff figured that, it out. And I, that's why he was so buddy-buddy mm. with Angela. Well, apparently, and this is the thing, we still don't know a lot of How information. How could they have figured it out? They, they she, knew. She, she said that they no, were going to be there in, what, seven minutes, she says, or something? I think, yeah, like I think everything in is... In an hour, they're going to kidnap him. I think everything is culminating to Angela, and that's why they're like, okay, we need to be around Angela thing. I don't think well, they know. I think they found out during the, uh, the White Night, because mm. remember, there was two gunmen that went in. We don't see what happened to Cal. Um, I didn't think it. about that one. Yeah, we that's don't. what I thought too. It was like the White Knight, and then I seriously thought it was weird that when it, and after you found out that the sheriff guy was like ancestry KKK, and you know he's part of the Seventh Cavalry, why is he so buddy buddy with Angela? On the side note, and how did she not end up dead that night? Anyway. Cal. He's keeping eyes on Cal. The based on the PDPedia stuff, there's a letter that Senator Joe Keene, the one who created the Keene Act to ban masks, mm-hmm. he sent. A, he's the one that uh, gifted that. Uh, Comanche, whatever the painting, yeah, that that painting. Mm-hmm. Um, he gave it to Judd Crawford, and in the letter that he sent him, uh, next to his signature is the insignia of the Cyclops. That's mm. something I completely like skipped on mentioning the last time we talked about it. But they knew that there's this, there's this, there's been this plan in place, and when they're having the conversation, Laurie goes to see Mrs. Crawford. <laughs> And he says, yeah, so I think that they were really just trying to, uh, the 7th Cavalry is trying to put uh, Senator Keene in in power um, to become president. And she was like, well, that was the original plan, but now we have something better. And it was like, It really threw her off that. As as soon as she said, as soon as she confessed to Lori, I was like. You gotta get out of there! Like, yeah. why is she not leaving? Yeah. Like, as soon as she I started she confessing to the crime, I think I would have been like, "Okay, that like, bitch!" Like, who, with, like, who has this trap door in there? <laughs> like, well, especially as she's pressing yeah, a she's button. Pressing I'm like, "Whatever like, the move, fuck you're doing, I'm move, yeah, Lori, move!" In that moment, I was really confused because she's not dumb. No, she's seen her yeah, do things that, that seemingly really came off like she was doing something wrong or whatever, and it was on purpose. Is this another one of those? Ooh. Yeah. Oh, getting herself in. I'm wondering if she wanted captured, to captured be on purpose. Captured. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Because that, she's not dumb. Yeah, I like yeah. that much better. I but I it threw me off and I was like, why is she not moving? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, I honestly think she was just stunned more than anything. Mm-hmm. But you're you're right. She's probably is getting she's captured been, on purpose. My whole thing is she's been through everything. She's been stunned five million times before. Yeah. I mean, she knows like one of her friends that she fought crime with killed three million people with a giant squid yeah like <laughs> yeah there's not gonna be much that can well, stun you I, after yeah. that and, and as she puts it you know like she's not upset that she was captured she's just like i'm so done with this like, like just yeah i'm just don't tell me your plan i don't care uh, she's, she's still basically playing the character she played on Frasier. And that cracks me up. Like, she's, she was just mad the kids didn't get up. <laughs> like, that's that's who she was in the show. It's it's great. One thing that I I just find really weird with the show, because I, I know you've explained it before with the idea of why technology is the way it is. We don't have personal computers, but we have state-of-the-art Range Rovers that we see Angela drive into... Uh, uh, Red Scare, and they're all seemingly electric vehicles too, from the sound of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but but yet the trapdoor remote is like the old school TV remote from the 1950s, it looks like a Victorinox. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. that doesn't work. That doesn't work properly. So 
I mean, they, they, they put the... It's, it's an old trap door. Yeah. It was built in the 50s, and they just yeah. never updated it. Yeah, it's, we retrofitted this trap door. What if she didn't sit in that chair? <laughs> Oh, she manipulated her to sit well, in Well, it chair. had four different buttons, so I'm guessing there was one for, like, every one of you. <laughs> you accidentally leave the remote on the couch yeah. and you sit on it and pull down your trap door. Someone goes to turn the TV on. I don't think this is working yeah. right. What's going on? Ah! Yeah, if that remote ended up in the couch and you, like, pushed against it, that's bad consequences. <laughs> so, yes, the, the original plan was for Joe Keen to become president. Now it's like, eh, being president's not big enough. I can be a god if you can trap uh, Dr. Manhattan, and deconstruct him, and thing. then redo the, the experiment. Same experiment. And that, then become yeah. Dr. Manhattan. Remove the intrinsic field. Yeah. Which they made yeah. a point to mention in the comics that you know after a few failed experiments, they determined that it was unrepeatable, that it was just a fluke. Yeah. yeah. A thermodynamic miracle. Yeah. But if you have actually the Dr. Manhattan, maybe it's... Like, take it chance. from him and yeah. put maybe it in someone end. else. It's possible. Which makes me wonder, if that is something that you can do, maybe he's already done that and given some of that power to uh, Topher. Yeah. That's interesting. Because yeah, whatever was going on with that one... There's like a magnet toy or whatever. Yeah, that, that magnet castle he was building that looked like the one that was on Mars in the, yeah. the early video. Yeah, and it was floating. And we know that he has some kind of weird empathic ability. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's uh, been boosted. He's got a big forehead too. Which so Topher saying. being, you know, some kind of weird shortening of Christopher, which mm-hmm. means the Christ bearer, mm-hmm. which again, another allusion to God. God, you know, there's, there's stuff there. Well, he's the son of God. He, yeah. Topher is son of Tikal. So. Well, yeah. no, no, they're adopted, isn't this one? Yeah. But yeah, but. Still son. Okay. I mean, Symbolically. Everything's yeah. symbol- symbols yeah. in this show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Like, uh, like the dildo. <laughs> like, th- th- there's so much thought put into that. Yeah. Thing. There's, it's, 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 why? The, why do we always have to circle back to the dildo? No, honestly, dildo. It's, it's weird. He's not wrong. It, it, there's it, a lot in that one. Unfortunately, it is a big plot point. Apparently, apparently. it's yeah. weird. The, the, even the even like the the scrotum of the thing <laughs> that she attaches the power pack thing for it is like what it's it what is it what is it in there it's like lithium batteries or something well, no, it's it's like a it's like a faraday cage that's that's oh, in there it's no, contained that's, that's in the shaft okay okay yeah because yeah, it's like i really looked at that there, there's there's an electric oh. field that it puts off really? that's further mimicking dr manhattan's like feel and effect that's and staticiness stuff. yeah there's a lot. Even the person who in designed the thing is an important plot element. I don't. It was uh, the night owl. Yeah, yeah. And that way he made that for his ex, who left him for Doctor Manhattan, and he, who then she, left Doctor Manhattan to go back to her, to go back to him. Yeah, they yeah. they kind of went back and forth a couple times. Like, yeah, and I think it was also she mentions in one of the PDPedia files that. It was like the last straw when they were pretty much about to break up. He basically made it mm. for her so that she could go fuck it herself, mm. essentially. Um, yeah, but That's there's a, there's a Faraday cage. There's subsonic resonators inside. There's uh, three separate motors that can work independently. The guy really researched another guy's a dick, didn't he? <laughs> he <sure> did. <laughs> it's all in there. 
So I mean, you get pretty bored of your own after a while. Sometimes you gotta branch out. Make a new one. So one of the things that I called it was the the fact that Lady True's daughter was not actually his daughter. Yeah. Her daughter was yeah. the, the clone of her mother, and she's giving her her memories back to mm-hmm. try to make her her mother, so that her just... mother will be there when she has this great scientific really discovery. But who's her father gonna be? Who is her father? Who she, she says is going to be there? It's gonna be Vite. It's gonna be Vite. It's and gotta it, be Vite. Yeah, Elizabeth was right. She said that during the, the episode. Yeah. It's a uh, obviously she's trying to figure a way to get him to come back mm-hmm. from the whatever prison it is that he's in. And uh, uh, obviously, after she puts up statues idolizing him in the middle mm-hmm. of her millennial clock thing mm-hmm. garden, uh, garden. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Which, did you notice the Easter egg to the comic book um, when she's walking around after she passes out from pulling out the the um, elephant mm-hmm. tube from her arm? Um, the garden section has a butterfly flying out of it, the little mm-hmm. like terrarium she has. And that also happens in the graphic novel mm-hmm. when um, they go to the Antarctic facility that also has a greenhouse. Mm-hmm. You see a, like a lone butterfly flying around before it freezes to death because then they break it. Yeah, because you can't. Yeah, it's like sub-zero temperatures, but but still pretty cool like visual callback. Now, has anybody looked at the millennial clock close enough? Does it also resemble the Cyclops symbol? Yes, it does. Okay. Is there importance to that? Is Lady True in, in congruence with the Cyclops? No, but I think it's to add a sense of cohesion, like a visual motif to the whole thing. So, I, like, eyes are really important. I mean, obviously a uh, hydrogen symbol is... Not much far off from a cyclops. Yeah. Yep. It's just the one eye. It's yes. fair. What's the one H? It's, what? This is true. It's the one H. <laughs> it's the one hydrogen. I, it's the one H. No. It's hydrogen. One hydrogen. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Looking Glass is not dead. Uh, one of the, the, mat, the Rorschach masks from one of the five guys that attacked him yeah. in his home is missing so thus he is hiding amongst the the wolves yeah. so to speak and we hear an audio clue that he's there when uh, Keen is uh, talking to Lori in that chamber where they're ever wherever they are because mm-hmm. uh, you hear the looking glass uh, music from when he's in the pod mm-hmm. play, suddenly start playing like out of nowhere um, and you see like a, a Rorschach guy like in the background just kind of standing there. Like I, think, <laughs> I think Lori's figured out that he's there. Because oh. she got told by, Right before she walked in. Right before she walked in. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I wouldn't put it past her to have put Good. two and two together. I could see that. She's like, because yeah. she said, where is Mirror Guy then? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, also, I, the consensus on the internet is that Petey is Loop Man. <laughs> It's funny that we haven't come back yeah, to that still yet. Haven't. He's gonna make a Get surprise appearance in there. I'm sure he's gonna like slide in. <laughs> so he's gonna slide in, like give Lori a big bear hug, get the lube on her, so she can get all out of the restraints, and then Actually, walk away. It'd be really funny if like he's running in to make his big heroic entrance, but he has so much like lubrication, <laughs> he, he can't stop. He just keeps it. going. <laughs> just see cut across the screen. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be back. Definitely yet another what the fuck moment from Watchmen that I think I've said what the fuck so many times watching this that's show. That's actually, somebody's <laughs> made a point what? of saying that's uh, Angela's catchphrase too. It's yeah. like, the fuck? Like, so many times. Literally, I usually say it like 
a second before she says it. Like the fuck? <laughs> She's like the. That's good writing. <laughs> All right, so uh, any other parts that we needed to bring up? The trial. Oh, shit, we didn't talk about Azamandis yeah. yet. What, so remember, this is uh, striking defense. Yes. <laughs> so the, the the beginning of the trial is, you know, it's, what, day 365? Yes. So one so, more year has passed. So Which, this brings up the fact that every time we see them, it's, it's one year later yep. on the exact same day. Mm-hmm. So it may be. Yeah. At least a year. It's a yeah. long time to have Our a trial. Our legal system on this planet is slow. Don't, but I have never had a trial last 365 days of actual jury trial. Like, it's it's because, because of appeals. Trial? <laughs> oh, they're, they're, yeah. they're deep into the appellate process. <laughs> like, again, if you were telling me like 365 days leading up to the trial, like, okay, yeah, absolute. But 365 days of, of trial. trial? Yeah. <sighs> so well, the federal trial like was dismissed but then the civil suits began and then it was like where it really took traction yeah. so the they've got they've got receipts <laughs> we also have an answer that the clones are human because you see when they're not being controlled by vite or manipulated they definitely get their own individual personality well that's what i was gonna say the longer they're called they're master alive. though and she winked at him yeah. The longer yeah. that they're alive, because that's, I think yeah. that's, it, like he, she says, it's, 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 it's imbrued to them. It's inbred to them that they have to follow him around. Yeah. Do stuff. But, uh, the longer they, they stay alive, the, the smarter they become. Like, yeah. day two year old clone can barely do play. But now they are <laughs> sitting. year old you know, clone can form a relatively decent closing argument. There you yeah, go. Yeah, like. <laughs> and then the game, the game warden, obviously, who's been alive the longest, can bring out a whole out a, yeah. pen of pigs to give yeah, a point. He's a sassy a bitch about it, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, because they're all supposed to like, serve great. him. And he's like, mm, pigs for you. <laughs> he's probably a teenager. I so. <laughs> I want to think there's some kind of symbolism with the pigs. Like I was thinking like pigs on the wing, like when pigs fly, Pink Floyd, something like that. I'm like, what's going on with the pigs? Animal farm, maybe. It's just that he's a pig and those are his peers. I was like, ah, that's the one part that I was kind of like, no, it's just very literal. Do you guys think like day one of this thing, he was spinning like all these counter arguments and all this stuff. And he's just at a point where he's just, Fart. Well, so no, because <laughs> the game warden does state that you you decided to represent yourself, mm-hmm. and you have yet to say present any evidence uh, okay. or any testimony or anything to contradict the prosecution's. So case. these were his opening and closing statements. Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> but I think that's because what that's are they going to do? <laughs> what are they going to do? Even if they find him guilty, or they, well, as they do find him guilty, what, are they going to kill him? No, because he's the master. That's not in, yeah. It's not allowed in their DNA to kill him. I, I was wondering if he was doing it on purpose. Something, I was wondering if he was doing it on purpose. Something to kill the time? Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> literally what it is. Like, I, mean, I, think no, it, I mean, like, I don't know if what his pun- the punishment for him would be is what his end goal is at this point, because he set up uh, all these other framework things. Yeah. So they're going to encapsulate him in carbonite and launch him <laughs> towards Earth? Yeah. Your punishment is to go to the place you want to go to. Well, I think like he, he in the last episode, a year ago, he got he got his message out. It's on the moon or on whatever it is. So there's a stack of dead bodies that say, send help. help. And he now he just has to wait. So what better thing to do than let this all play out? Like, So does that mean that the clones, the older clones, were pulling out more clones out of the water so that they, he had... Has people to be in the jury and then also be in 
the gallows? That's no. logical. The gallery. gallery. Gallery, thank you. And gallows is where people get hanged. Yeah, they're probably going to be those two. Uh, I mean, they were just cloning more people just to, to have be there. Well, you got to have bodies like, to fill up the seats. Yeah. Or make more messages. Uh, on a complete side note, I won't reveal what it is here because this could be considered a spoiler. But the actress that plays Miss Crookshanks goes by a different name in the next two episodes. Oh. And that's going to be, let's just say if you uh, have been following Doomsday Clock, this might sound familiar to you. That's (laughs) all I'm going to say right now. The TV or the comic book Doomsday Doomsday Clock. All right. Uh, Okay. So, yeah, his, his, his big defense was just a very, very long very uncharacteristic fart from it was, it was Adrian. Long-winded. <laughs> oh, we should definitely end on that. <laughs> there he sat, broken-hearted. <laughs> Had to poop. Only farted. <laughs> uh, okay, they high-fived over that. <laughs> You should be here all the time. <laughs> In person, it's always better. <laughs> is there anything else? Cool. Uh, <laughs> if you want to talk more about this show, Mandalorian, or whatever we watched, I watched, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mitchipedia, G-E-M-G-E-M, stands for Geek Elite Media. John, where can people find you online? On Twitter, I am at Magic Bollocks. If you want to watch any episodes of this podcast or other podcasts, no, you can find me online. No, <laughs> no. no, you can find me online as uh, Peppermint Gent or Peppermint Gentleman across all social media networks. There you go. You can find me on Twitter at JM Bailey Writes. Elizabeth? I can't be found, so contact me through Geek Elite Media. <laughs> Which is geek at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our website, geekleapmedia.com. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. out. This concludes our broadcast. Beep.